Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I get some questions through an Instagram account that are put together, organized, and in a helpful way that I can answer some of these questions. I'm not going to do this as a six-listener question episode because it's woven together with some cohesion. And it seems like a lot of it is about the way I do hobby, the way I collect, buy, sell, trade. I'm just going to try to respond to the questions but uh, I'm going to try to weave them together without being a one, two, three, numbering the questions. First, thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, Upper Deck. Okay, the first part of it was how I have seen similar things over the six decades in the volatility of highs and lows of card prices and collecting being more or less in vogue over the years. In six decades, I've never seen anything like this. So let me assure you that the past does not prepare you. I wasn't prepared for a pandemic and I was not prepared for incredible world record prices over the last year, especially even though there's been some softening, still some amazing prices and headlines that I didn't know that I'd ever see. So yes, I've seen highs and lows, but I've seen nothing in my lifetime like this with the volatility. Now, on the one hand, we've seen higher highs, but that shouldn't surprise you that you're going to see bigger swings. When it's bigger bucks now, when something goes up a thousand percent and then drops 40%, you're still way up unless you bought at the peak. So expect to see bigger swings as long as we're in this high rent neighborhood. Also, reference was made to grails about how I'm looking for grails for my personal collection and are the things I'm looking for becoming more or less affordable. I think there's two different definitions of a grail card. One, the original definition is supposed to be something you rarely see. So by that definition, an 86-87 Fleer Michael Jordan is not a grail in the sense that you do see it. It's come out of the woodwork in the last several months. It's easy to buy as long as you've got well into six figures to get a a 9.5 or a 10. But to find the card, so I I don't consider that a grail in the truest sense. So what I consider a, a grail is something that not only is valuable, but is rare. And those are the things I think are less susceptible to price swings and moods in the broader market. Yes, if I'm looking for a grail card, it would be something that is rarely seen. And some of those things, when there's not comps, you can get a, a good price for it based on the rarity. Other times people put a crazy price on it and, and hope you'll pay it. But as I said, I'm patient. There's nothing I have to have. I have a lot of great cards already, but I'm very opportunistic in what I buy. If I look through somebody's stuff, I'm not looking for any one thing, but if I see something and I think that's a good card and the price is right, I'll buy it. I think based on some of the episodes I've done lately, especially the Baseball Card Hall of Fame, I think I'm going to try to be a little bit more aggressive about filling out my wall with some of the younger players who are not represented. When I first did my wall was uh, five, six, seven years ago. Luca was 15 years old. So there, there wasn't any Ja, Luca, and Zion when I started my wall. So I've got to make room in the, in the D's and the M's and the W's and pop something out and put it in because I've got a thousand spots and I want to pick a thousand that uh, the people are interested in. So that's the way I look at it. My definition of a grail does not include things that are easy to find. It, it includes things that are tough. And I think those are, in my mind, more solid. I would point out that 99% of the cards in the hobby are under 10 bucks, <laughs> probably under a dollar, 98% under a dollar. So there's a whole lot of things you can get without breaking the bank, even of new cards. There's, you go to a show, there's 10 cent boxes that have some uh, interesting cards and there's quarter boxes, not just dollar boxes, but 99% of the cards are under 10 bucks, probably even under a dollar. And they're not affected as much by these uh, wild swings uh, up and down of cards that are making headlines. I did an episode uh, a little while ago about being a patient flipper. 
And I basically think that I, I probably could have said there, the reason I'm a patient flipper is that it's related to the price of cards. <laughs> if I bought a huge card for resale, I, I probably would be less patient about putting it out somewhere and trying to aggressively move it if I had a lot of money in it. But I don't really do that. That's being in the fast lane. I'm enjoying pursuing cards, picking up some things that I think are interesting and things that I think are perhaps undervalued or will eventually sell. A question about consolidating and trimming down my collection. I'm absolutely trying to do that. Trying to cut 1% a month. That would be eight years, but I'm actually not going that fast, but that's kind of my goal. A 10-year plan to produce 10% a year, and I'm not making that either, but my intent is to have less cards each year than I had before. I am making progress on that. And check back with me in nine years because it's really going to be interesting when it gets down to where I don't have as many cards. Like right now, it's easy. I haven't looked at this box in years. I'm going to release it in some way. Another question was about, do I do a lot of trading in terms of, I guess, swapping small cards for big cards for small cards, whatever. I'm actually not doing very much trading. If there was a trade night at some point, maybe I'd bring some stuff and do that. I trade with Rich Klein, but I'm basically trading my cards that are not valuable to him for services. For when he's on the podcast, I like to give him a, a guest gift or something because he's driving over and we'll uh, record a few episodes and have a good time. But essentially, I think he's welcome to do whatever he wants to with cards, but he's uh, very committed to his show and his uh, synagogue. So when I'm uh, trading him cards, he's for the most part putting them in the synagogue storage for distribution at the show or to sell for uh, the benefit of the ministry of a synagogue. So no problem with that. But trading is tricky. I'm the price guide guy. It's simpler to just buy and sell. As I've said, I love buying <laughs> and I don't love selling. Reducing my collection has been a challenge, but I do think I'm making progress. And I will continue, and I probably need to include some listener input on that. If a lot of my cards are broken down by player. There just may be an opportunity for me to move groups of cards to people. They're not great, but they're just cards that are organized and uh, thinking about how I might do that. So I'm trending down to have less cards. I'm not trading very much. I'm not averse to that, but it's tricky. I just had a position in the hobby where I still know that I could go and, and trade with somebody and be like, I'm so familiar with the long tail. When I am buying cards, even though I, I can't sell them very fast, they, they are tougher. So I don't really want to trade them for cards that are easy to get unless there's something that's going to go on my wall. Don't mean to be controversial on the grails, but I'm hard pressed to call something a grail if it's a base card. And frankly, like the Michael Jordan, his rookie sticker, his Fleer rookie sticker or card, they're really pretty plentiful. You, If you bought a box back in the day and boxes were easy, you, you, you didn't wonder about whether you got one. You wondered how many you would get. So thanks for the questions. If you articulate an individual question, I may group it. Or in some cases, I've contacted those who have contributed a question and we've just batted around for 12 or 15 minutes and made an episode out of it if there's some depth to what uh, would be discussed. So again, thanks everybody. Uh, have a good weekend and I'll see you on Monday.